Introducing the chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. Well, actually, it's just the thing on the podcast. Hello, episode 109. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I'm feeling very wired tonight. This is going to be a weird old podcast, but we are full of beans and we are full of people. So I'm going to start with a man that's even cuter than my trusty canine companion, Torgle. It's Mars Thompson. Oh my God. Hello there. What an intro. I love that. Hello there. Hello there. How are, How are you doing, man? Yeah, hey, I asked you first, bro. Oh yeah, you did ask me first. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I'm very good. Thank you. Um, yeah, just games, games, lots of games and uh, it's good times. But yeah, other than the sweltering heat and just trying not to melt, it's all good. How are you, sir? You know what? Thanks for asking. I'm very tired, but I'm very awake. You know when you got that? Yeah, I was going to say, you have uh, worked yourself to the bone over the last week or so, haven't you? Quite. Um, I you, man. What game have I played this week? Just staying alive, basically. That's the only game I've played this week. BG style. Yeah. Yeah, trying trying really, really hard. I think the you've mighty... your, your gaming time this week. Thank you. <laughs> The mighty FFG, Sean Davies. Hello. Oh, no. Oh, no. Lost, lost to the wind. He's lost to the wind. Why can't you hear? There he is. Oh, oh he's gone again. Hello. Wait, what, what? What? Oh, there he is. Hey, man. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. What? That was weird. <laughs> anyway, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I've returned from the wind. Um, <laughs> How was the wind? Um, blustery, I would say. Yeah. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, it was a definite 7 out of 10 for wind. Okay, well, that's a recommendation. We'll take that. Yeah. Yes, great. I've just had a crisp sandwich, and uh, and I'm ready for a podcast. Those are the dreams. Those are the things dreams are made of. That's right. right let's, let's do this, then. Putting the war into Warhammer. It's Yogdog. Good evening. Hello there. How are you? I'm pretty good, thank you. Pretty good. How are you? Great, thanks, man. Oh, what a top conversation we're having here. I love it. I, I know, I know. It's like we haven't spoken to each other in a week. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good. I've been playing many games and I've been stepping up my streaming hours again for the last week. So it's been pretty busy here as well. Sweet. Lovely stuff. Oh, we need to go back to Sean very, very quickly. Sean, what kind of flavor quest did you have in your signing? Uh, my sandwich is a, a tailor-made delight. It is a seriously strong cheddar cheese spreadable instead of butter, followed by salt and vinegar Walker's crisps. Oof. Let me tell you, that is a fucking treat. Yeah, I can imagine. Oof. Did I get the first swear word in? Yes. Well done. Thanks. Congratulations. You get a prize. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet, but I'll work it out. Demonetization. Hey! That's why we don't use YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. And a man who knows more about the box office than IMDb and box office murder combined, Josh Thompson. I move in, I move out. Hands up, or hands down. Back up, back up. I've joined the Zoom chat. Tell me what you're going to do now. Yeah, man, how are you? I'm going to ask how you're doing first because everyone has to ask how you're doing nowadays. Ah, well, I'm fine, thanks. Again, I'm feeling uh, <laughs> pretty wired. I'm feeling pretty tired. I don't know what day it is or what planet I'm on, but things are fine. Uh, I wish I had your spectrum of uh, awake tiredness levels after the weekend. We've had very uh, different weekends, but equally 
as taxing on the body. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, what have you been doing? What have you been up to this weekend? Uh, I went to Outbreak Festival over the weekend. Indeed, indeed, you did. Um, so a lot of loud music, and I think my ears are still ringing a little bit. But I had a fucking brilliant time. There's a second F bomb. There we go. Excellent, man. I'm really glad you had a good time. That's awesome. Returning to the podcast after a somewhat lengthy absence is only Tom Woods. Hello. How you doing, pal? I'm good. Good to. I'm glad to be back. I think it's been. I think the last one was, ooh, like before a hundred, maybe. What? Oh. Yeah. It can't be. You've been you, you've been on it this year. I'm sure you have. Yeah, but we only hit a hundred not long ago, did we? We hit two hundred long not long ago. Oh well, that's what I mean then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that probably was then. It probably was. Yeah. 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 All right. Nice one. Welcome back. Yeah. Good to be back. And finally, the queen of fingers.net, the one, the only cat. Hello. Your intros have been tipped up. You've complimented everybody. We're all shining with our little egos. <laughs> I'm really trying to be better at the uh, things rather than just shouting your names. I want to like. You don't have to be better at anything. You are perfect. Oh. You are perfect to <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. I, um, I wish. How the devil are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm a little tired, a little wired, but other than that, I'm all right. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. What? Are you a little wired? I have no idea. I didn't yeah. hear that. <laughs> there you go. See, it's this crazy world we live in. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I've been having one of those days where, like, everything has gone wrong, and I just need to be put in the bin. So hopefully I don't do anything ridiculous in this podcast that, you know, gets us kicked off Spotify, because that would just be my luck. Um, but I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have some peace in my life, which is the podcast, weirdly enough. And uh, yeah, feeling good, feeling good. Amazing stuff. That's well, you can't ask for any more than that, really, can you? Yeah, well, I could ask not to have a bad day um, with everything going wrong. I even grilled well, no, my ship but, for 45 yeah, but... minutes and wondered why they were soggy as fuck. But yeah. yeah, but right now, you're like, right now, what? This right is now, bliss, isn't it? Right now, this is the best I've, I've I've been all day just because of all your Wallaby faces. Aww. Digital oh, faces, of course. Yeah, oh, we love each other, don't we? And all this. So much love of it. It's great. It's love. So much love. I love it, too. Um, right then, let's get to game of the week. Uh, let's keep it short and snappy. There is seven of us. Uh, we'll start with Miles Thompson. What's your game of the week? Uh, mine is Aliens Dark Descent. It's one I've been waiting for for a little while, as we all know. <laughs> Considering um, what's come out this week, that is a wild game of the week for me. I know. And the thing is, this game has actually kept me from playing what would have otherwise been the game of the week, which is quite incredible in and of itself. Um, remarkably, this game is only £35, I think, on the store, and it took me 15 to 20 hours to finish, and that in itself is like a remarkable compliment for the game. Um, it's not the best graphically, it does have bugs, as you've probably heard about by now, including, and not limited to, my soldier getting stuck on a desk, which a Praetorian then immediately went and ripped his head off, and I was like, cool, sick one, that's cool. Um, but the actual game itself is really fun and the strategy element is really cool. I didn't expect to actually be actively trying to avoid being caught by the aliens. I thought I was just going to be running about gunning everything down as much as possible. Um, and there is no better satisfaction than hunkering down in a hallway 
with a dead end at the end of it, setting up all of your sentries, throwing down a line of sight suppressor fire, and then just mowing down every alien that comes into view. It's just super satisfying. Um, but it's also difficult because if you get caught in a room with a group of them, you're screwed. Like there's no coming back from it. Um, so I've been really pleasantly surprised by it. I've just finished my write-up for it, so I'll hopefully be up uh, either tonight or tomorrow. Um, and yeah, it's turned out to be a very good Aliens game despite its technical problems. It does have bugs and glitches, but I think it's well worth playing it anyway. So short and snappy, really enjoyed it. Now we can move on to the uh, the main event of the last week, which I haven't been able to get to yet. You haven't started it yet? I haven't even started it yet. What? I know, I know. My God, I'm further than you. This is insane. <laughs> you are indeed. I have I have it all to come still. So I'm excited to dive in now that I've uh, completed my journey on Lethe. I thought it was called Leth, but it's not. It's called Lethe in the game, which is weird. Okay. How exciting. Mm. Cracking stuff. Sean uh, Davies, your game of the week. Can we talk about Final Fantasy 16 or should I just talk about something else? Is that going to be your game of the week? Um, it is literally the only thing I've played this week. So I was going to go with that, but you can if you want to. Um, no, I'll, I'll wait until you talk about it and we can have a little chat. If, All right. If that sounds good. So my game of the week will be AW5 Forever, which is a wrestling game which comes out this Friday. If you're into wrestling, you've probably heard about it. If you've not heard of wrestling, but you used to play wrestling games back in the day, then this is the game for you. This is a game made by Ukes, and it is inspired by the old 90s games like um, WWC No Mercy, Sorry, WWEF, no, WWF, No Mercy, and SmackDown, all those old school ones where you could do outlandish moves, where there was no motion capture, everyone was built and massive and chunky. This is the game that, that is inspired by all of those games and plays very similarly, but less clunkily than those did back in the day. So there's, there's a big roster in the game. It's not entirely complete, as in the last two women's champions for AW aren't in the game. But this feels like a really great platform to launch from uh, for the game because this isn't supposed to be like an annualized thing. I think this is kind of like their their first big foray into console games. And if it's a success, they'll probably build upon it. Um, so there there isn't a total like a massive amount of wrestlers and arenas and things like that, but you can create your own. Uh, and then the creates you you create a wrestler suite has got a, a lot of very cool things in there that um people who like wrestling um, can can really get excited about. So, uh, one of my personal favorites is is the fact that they've got like tag team names that you could pick, and one of them's the Golden Lovers, which is like Kenny Omega's big tag team from back in the J- Japanese and uh, NJPW days. It it's one of these games that if you're really into AEW, um, you'll really enjoy because it's got a lot of nods to. A, a number of things that have happened since the company started back in 2021, I guess it was. No, 2020. Um, and, you know, for example, the the it's kind of infamous on the internet now, but the, like the um, exploding bar buyer death match, which um, back in the day, they used to have these massive explosions of the ring. But the, the one that happened in the one time that AEW ever tried to do this kind of petered out in this puff of smoke. And it was really embarrassing for everybody involved. But that could happen in the game, and it's really funny. Um, and the the career mode has three different separate storylines that you can go through, and has nods to a lot of the different kind of stories that have happened throughout AW since it started. And I've genuinely enjoyed all of my time with this game. Um, it, it's not perfect; it's still a bit clunky. 
and it still feels a bit too much like a video game and some characters just aren't built for the way that you would want so you know some characters these high flying characters are always running off ropes and jumping and things if somebody just stays away from those areas you're essentially just useless so um there there is some work to be done on it but genuinely if you like old school wrestling games or you like AEW, you're going to have an absolute blast with this game when it comes out on friday see that all sounds very exciting because the last two wrestling games i played were no mercy in smackdown versus raw you know that was when i was like when i was in like my real peak wwe fandom it was um yeah yeah so yeah that sounds great sounds great to me give it a go i think you'll really enjoy it yeah maybe i will maybe i will uh your dog what on earth have you been playing this week is it something 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 for something 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 kingdom the town crusade uh, uh, so i've been playing two games um i've been playing a ton of valorant again uh all my, my friends just gone over to hungary for a week to visit his, visit his girlfriend so i won't be playing for a few days now but the the last probably Three, four weeks, I played a ridiculous amount of Valorant. Even when I was over in Belgium, I still played a bunch of Valorant on its You need to get on with with Sean. You need to make this happen. Yeah, that would be cool. And then the more recent game I've been playing, which is a strategy game, surprise, surprise, is Strategic Command World War I. Um, So it takes the Strategic Command series into, uh, into, funnily enough, World War I. Uh, You can play as either the Central Powers or the Entente, and you can nudge history so it's a little bit different so um like america doesn't necessarily join the war as quickly as historically or you don't attack through belgium so the uk doesn't join the war straight away and so on but generally it will play out fairly similarly to historical events um i'm playing a campaign at the minute as the central powers where i'm currently focusing instead of on the western front against the french and the brits i'm focusing in the, uh, on the east against russia and in the south against Serbia, so it's um, it's a really fun game. Uh, it's made on the same engine that Strategic Command World War Two, which I spoke about a few podcasts about uh, ago, is. Um, so it's kind of like a, a massive board game. Really, you've got unit counters on a hex-based map. You move your various units around. Um, you've got the beginnings of stuff like aircraft and tanks, but they're not quite as useful, uh, at least to begin with, as they were in world war ii um so you're focusing more on entrenching your positions and trying to break through the enemy lines via mass artillery barrages it's really cool um it's it's uh, had me engrossed for about four or five days now since i got it and um anytime i've not been playing valorant i've probably been playing this game to some degree so yeah those are my games of the week nice if I put like what has what is your dog's game of the week, and I just put a load of words into a tombola, I think the word strategic command would come out. Yes, I'd yes. Be like, yep, it, there we go. <laughs> it's not the most adventurous of names, but um, hey, it, it fits the bill. Cool. <laughs> yeah, well, that works then. Fantastic. Uh, Josh, what have you been playing this week, sir? I have a feeling I know, but I'm looking forward to hearing you talk about it. Oh. Um, I was going to talk about the game that I've started literally today for review, um, but I, I do actually want to shout out what we semi-played before the weekend. Um, you played it alongside Miles. Uh, I think Miles and I had a bit more time with it than you did. 
Yeah, um, me playing it's... it is a stretch. I I I had a go. <laughs> <laughs> you took, you had a bloody good shot. I gave um, a darn good college try, is what I did. <laughs> uh, that game is X Defiant um, from Ubisoft. Uh, it's essentially, I would describe it as a mixture of Overwatch meets Call of Duty. Um, I say Overwatch because there are different factions that you can pick from, from all of the Ubisoft's roster. So you've got Watch Dogs, you've got uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon, um, you've got Far Cry and uh, Splinter Cell as well. Um, so, and these two, these factions all have their own abilities which you, uh, and their own ultimates um, and their own look as well. Um, but then the base of the game is just an out and out military shooter, first person, fast paced. Um, all the kind of like old tropes that kind of people have been looking for uh, in their modern FPSs, um, like uh, slide councils, uh, uh, a limited time to kill, um, three lane structures in maps. Um, and yeah, I just had a really good time. Um, first night, I think we did quite well comparison to other days that we played. Um, I think the people that are really good at shooters caught wind by the end and I was getting my ass handed to me by PC players nonstop. So it did, dry, uh, I did have a lot less fun. What you're saying is, what you're saying is you did better with me on the team. Is what you say? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thanks, bro. without a doubt. You carried us basically. I really did. The, the, the scores and stats don't don't reflect that, but I did. Hundred percent. Yeah, it was Probably. your energy carried us. Your back must be hurting from all the carrying that you were doing. Oh man, you have no idea. I mean, if Roxy's standing outside with no cover, he's obviously going to be drawing all the fire. So you guys. Can... <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Oh. I just fell in love with how it played. Um, it's got something so simplistic about it. It's like, I, I don't want to call it basic because that sounds derogatory, but it's very like you've got your, you have the knowledge like instantaneously and how you use that to your advantage. And it's more about map placement, flanking, and kind of the guns that you use, knowing what's best and the attachments. Um, I reckon in the full game, uh, guns and their attachments aren't going to be all automatically unlocked. Um, but in the beta that we played, you had full reigns of any attachments for all the guns, no locked guns and stuff like that. So you could really experiment with it. Um, but yeah, it was just it's just a really, really good shooter that kind of gives Call of Duty a run for its money for the next time they come around with their online multiplayer, I think. Um I think Roscoe, you said it's going to be free to play as well, which is, yep. I mean, even better for them in terms of an audience um, to get them get their foot through the door, um, and to be such a well executed title as well, um, just for its core gameplay mechanics. Um, yeah, I was thoroughly impressed with it. So shout out to Ubisoft for that one. That was that was they've done a really good job with it. Yeah, it is. It's hugely impressive already. I think for a beta. Like I said, when I was playing, it's not for me. It's a little too fast-paced for me, but um, I think it's going to be massive. I really do. I think Ubisoft have absolutely nailed it, and there's going to be something really popular about this. And if they keep it up, and if they keep the servers steady, and they keep the content flowing, I think it's going to be really big, genuinely. 
Yeah, I agree. So it's on Ubisoft to make it happen. So fingers crossed they do. Um, Kat, your game of the week. My game of the week is Crash Team Rumble. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a load of fun. Did you have a load of fun? I had a load of fun. It is a really good game. Me it too. It is a cool game. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for those very quickly um, who have not played it, essentially, you have to you work in two teams um, and we work in one team, but there's two teams all together and you have to gather as much Wampa fruit as you possibly can um, before the other team. So there's a max limit of 2000 and you have to be the first to reach 2000 whilst also defending your goal and offending the other team and attacking the other team and there are different roles within the team so you can be a scorer and a scorer allows you to hold more one per fruit than everybody else you can be a blocker which is someone who just kind of essentially sits in the other person's goal and just like spin like body spins them out into the ether um and you can be a um booster and a booster will essentially focus on these platforms which are like gems um to turn them your own team's color and that allows a boost for how many wampa you can put in at one time so if you've got a 40 percent boost and you've got 100 you know wampa in your pocket then you get a little boost and you get to put that much in um and i think that element is really, really cool to it because you're kind of communicating with your team non-verbally how you're going to strategize your team's game um i had a load of fun with it i think there is a lot of fun I have just gone on a three-paragraph rant about how the balancing is horrific. Um, and I think, Ross, you took the fall for that quite. But I'm trying to explain the bloody game to Ross. Yeah. Poor Ross is getting bloody body slammed by a fucking Crash Bandicoot like 50 times in the head. And I'm just not here for it because I'm trying to explain to him on his first game and by a level like 53 or 65 or something, he's getting mm. absolutely caned. And again, like, I was mate, I was hugely pal. helpful to the team. Again, once again, I was I was there when I was you needed. Know, you to picked it up really. You picked up really really quickly. You were a great scorer. Um and yeah, I, I kind of was the dingo doll. I was like the, the the heavyweight in that in those games. But yeah, the balancing is really off. Balancing needs work. I think my first game I came up against like a level sixty-two or fifty-three or something ridiculous like that. And whilst the game isn't necessarily really difficult to grasp, the tactics are gonna be so much different. You're gonna have a completely different view on the tactics that you use and how you play the game with somebody who's played it for the first bloody time. It's really embarrassing to see that your team is like one 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 four and then you're up against like a level 15, a level 40, a level 16, a level 27. Like, what? Like, no, it's a live server game. Like you need to, how how are you expecting to get waves and waves of new players if you're gonna put them um up, up against each other? Sure. Uh, can I ask? Do, do, do as you play? Do you do you unlock things that make you better? Is this like a the longer you play, the better you are, or is this just yes? You... Um, so a bit of both. So you can the longer you play, that you get um, more access to kind of more stronger power ups. So um, there's um, like uh, power ups that you bring with each character. Um, I think they're all the same, but um, there's like five or six, depending on how many boosts you've done overall in the game. So at the beginning, you start with a healing fridge and a fly trap, but by the end, and I haven't even got to the end myself yet, um, and I'm level 11, 12, and that's taken a while. Like me and Ross were saying, like how bloody slow the battle pass is. Like it's not like Fortnite where you're supercharged. but you can get like power ups that will like give you an extra hundred wumper every time you get into the goal. Um, so it ends up being like quite 
unevenly balanced in that sense um and more powerful if you've got like a what are they called josh galmoxian guards but you don't have that and your whole other team has one you absolutely get shoved and these are like massive guards that can sit in your goal and electrocute anyone who touches your goal so you end up if you don't have that power up available to you um and the other team do you just end up getting caned um it just makes it very unfun but actually eventually we kind of got a couple of good runs so yeah i really enjoyed it i'm still enjoying it but it does need to sort out its balancing yeah, the matchmaking is way off right now. Yes. Um, yeah, but well, it is matchmaking for sure. It is um it 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 is fun for sure. Yeah. Um it is and fun. if you're gonna play with cat, please make sure you're over 18. Good <laughs> lord. <laughs> yeah, I am not kind. I'm not kind. I'm a little bit kind. I'm kinder. But Josh yeah. has said that out of all the years he's played Dead by Daylight with me, he's never heard me so angry. No, no. Which I find fascinating. Like I, yeah, there are things in there that like I I would cut out of the podcast because like we can't, <laughs> you just can't say that. <laughs> oh well, there you go. Don't don't tell with me off of my own goal because I'll I'll get really angry about it. You won't be able to hear me, but just know I'll be really angry about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the rest fun. of our team gets to enjoy those moments privately. It's, yeah, uh, it's it's extraordinary, and it made the fun of the game tenfold it was fantastic yeah it's super super fun and it's super fun to play with your friends and actually it's quite fun to play alone as long as you've got a balanced team on your side and yeah. i don't know why it's just it's it makes yeah. such a difference doesn't it when you have at oh, least like one level like player 40 on your team versus the three four twenty thirties that are on as soon team. as i had as soon as i had three crashes in my team in the lobby i just would dip instantly because i knew they didn't know anything yes. about the team composition how you always yeah. leave at least one of each. I mean, both yeah, are kind of like the third part where they're not necessary. Maybe two blockers, two attackers, uh, well, two scorers would be all right. Uh, boosters, you can't boosting. You can kind of do it as any character. It's not, uh, yeah. it's not just it's not just the booster that can do those. They no. just do it better and quicker. Um, but yeah, yeah as soon as, and as also soon you're as, kind of uh, telling them the rest of your team that you are a booster and you're not going to concentrate on the goal or you're not going to concentrate yeah. on attacking people. Like yeah. That's the only positive I would say about being Coco, for yeah. example. Yeah, so they all have their different movement speeds and stuff like that. So the you know there's a lot to it where it's like it really matters what characters and what your teammates' characters pick. Mm. So if you're badly composed as a team, you're really going to mm. see the difference. Um, you you'll get smashed. Um, as soon as there's anyone else other in a team that has, you know, a different character from a different subsect, then you're cooked because yeah. that's it. Like they're going to have the upper hand. And you um, don't get to see your opposing team. You only get to see what your team are being. Mm -hmm. So everyone ends up like swipping and swapping at the end. And then you might be up against like four bloody dingo dials. And you're like, shit, we're going to be shat on. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, and it's what, 25 quid. It's well worth the money. Um, 100% so, actually like easy recommend easy recommend yeah, it is an easy recommend if you've got uh, just a, a family or a group of mates that just want to have a quick quick fun time playing a bit of Crash then yeah you can't go wrong it's a it's a, it's a good time definitely Um, I keep saying that I haven't played anything this week but I've, of course I've played Crash and X Defiant with the guys this week that was all on the same night though the one night I had at home 
<laughs> we, we squeezed in extra point and crushed Team Rumble. Um, so that was a lot of fun. But I finished work this week. Today, actually, this morning at 9 a.m. And I got home. And the first thing I did, um, apart from obviously, you know, sleep and cry, was play Final Fantasy 16. Now, I'm going to hand it over to Tom because I know Tom wants to talk about it. So, first up, spoiler free, how are you finding it so far? It's really, really good, isn't it? It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, it's all right. Might be the most, like, technically impressive game I've ever played. Yeah, might be um, one of the best games I've ever seen run on a PS5. I, yeah. I am, I'm going to assume, significantly further than probably anyone here. <laughs> um, um, well, I, don't, I don't know who's playing it. Without mentioning spoilers, I've just oh, made yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Without mentioning spoilers, I've just made it to Lost Wing. Yeah, um, I'm 28 hours in. Fuck! <laughs> um, so there's not really much I can talk about. Because well, I don't know. Just, I, just, well, just say how I you feel. Just say, I just don't know how, how much feel. people consider spoilers, and I don't want to like say something that someone might not find as a spoiler. Someone might. Well, just um, avoid uh, story stuff. Just say how you yeah, feel. Uh, what do you think about it so far? from Combat, uh, the more icons you get, because you can have up to three at one time. That's not a spoiler, that was in the demo. <laughs> um, the Once you have three, once you have the, your set, and then you can mix and match your abilities, it really does make combat better. Um, it takes a little while to get all three, or to get free. Um... But once you have, once you have them, it opens combat up a lot. But up until that point, I sort of felt it's a little bit basic. Um, they went the action RPG route this time, and it's probably one of the best like combat systems in an action RPG. But I know that I'm almost certain the combat director in this game worked in De- worked on Devil May Cry Five, um, and you can feel it. There's a lot of similarities that cross over. Um, but it is not as highly tuned as that game because this game is going to have a wider audience. Character action games that Devil May Cry rest in a bit of a niche in terms of like complexity. You can go crazy, and I imagine in the coming weeks, uh, I'm not on social media anymore, but I'm going to imagine in a in the coming weeks you're going to get people doing like insane combos in this game. Um, because some of the abilities are like pretty cool, and then you can mix and mix abilities together to do increased damage. Um, yeah, combat's really good. Story so far is very, very good. Um, the active time law system is phenomenal and it's really impressive. Uh, it keeps track of you hold the touchpad during any scene, cutscene, mid game. And nine times out of ten, you'll get basically a list of everyone who's in the scene, who's who's got lore and a history, and then you've also got like items and locations and historical events that they're talking about, and it will update in real time as the cutscene goes on. I tested it in the demo and in the same cutscene, it would change multiple times because they've brought up different things or a character's walked in. It's it's That's very cool. It's incredibly impressive. And um later on you unlock a couple of other bits um 
that also do a really great job of like giving you the history of events as the game goes on um you essentially get like a timeline view and you can like look at each section and what happened and you'll also get a character bubble where like Clive's in the middle and then every other character that's interacted with him in the entire game and their relationships is listed so you can see who's connected to who it's is pretty crazy and that again also has a timeline view so you can see who's who's involved or not at set missions it's it's uh it's nuts and it is kind of necessary it's a very dense story uh it's clearly game of thrones inspired um yes there's a lot of that even in even early on it's like in the demo in like the prologue it was like oh okay they they definitely enjoyed game of thrones um but it's obviously a, a lot more high fantasy and it's going back to final fantasy roots of being fantasy um which i missed um i enjoyed 15 but it it felt lacking in that respect um it does have a lot of um mechanical co- not mechanical like connective tissue of 14 i don't know if they're set in the same universe i know some final fantasies are connected with their worlds um but i've played 14 um and obviously the producer and the um composer both from 14 the soundtrack in this game is outstanding um two and really really varied like i i there was a boss track that i just got to was the last major boss i fought and it was so unlike every other bit of music in the game that it like i i kind of popped off a bit it was nuts (laughs) um just the shit. Was it like a like a like a dubstep drop or something? It was. It sounded like <laughs> inv- it sounded like Invaders Must Die era Prodigy. What? <laughs> oh <laughs> come on! Like it's insane, and the boss fight is wild. Uh, my partner walked in and I said, "Oh, I'm fighting this thing." Um, oh, by the way, that's me, and I'm like quite small on the screen. <laughs> um, and yeah. She she thought the spectacle was also pretty fucking nuts. Um, so much more so than I think any game I've played on PS5. This feels like a PS5 only title. This feels like a next gen game. Um, not all the time, but when you get these big spectacle moments, it's it's unlike anything else I've seen in a game. This game looks how. Um, like movies like Advent Children, like Final Fantasy Advent Children, look as movies. This looks like that, and it's running in real time. Yeah, and then you're doing just the most insane shit. It does in cutscenes. If there's yeah. one thing I have noticed is when it's in-game conversations between characters. Yes, you, you do see the drop. It's very static. Um, yeah. It's particularly the cut the cutscenes you get when you can press X to like skip the dialogue. If it's if it is like a if it's an important cutscene, they will be very low, like, well directed and acted, and there'll be yeah, a lot yeah. of animation. But yeah, a lot of conversation is very stand 
say your line, other person says line. Yeah. That type, so much so yeah. that it was like it was that noticeable that it was like oh damn yeah it, it it is because the major cutscenes are so intense it is it makes it more noticeable yeah it really does um but in other games that's kind of like the standard for yeah that for sure but it's but, just the, yeah. the 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 quality of the actual cutscenes are so incredible mm-hmm. that when you do see the drop it is I, I think I notice it more than I have in any other game yeah. Uh, I I was thinking about this not twenty minutes before I got on the podcast. <laughs> I was I was playing it and there was a conversation. I was like, "This conversation's nice. Like what they're saying, I like, and their performances are still good, but it yeah. looks very rigid." Um, just because everything else is so outrageously lavish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm ass- I'm going to assume we'll do a spoiler cast on it. Because I mean, yeah, probably weeks or months down the line, but for sure, yeah. yeah. I'd, yeah. Love, I'd love to get... Well, I am, I am making it. notes as I play. Nice. <laughs> there, are lot, nice. there are lots of all caps when something <laughs> really cool has happened. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Nice. Um, Sean, how are you finding it so far? I, I love it. Um, try not to spoil anything, but I, I think this is the most... Um, fleshed out Final Fantasy game where you feel like the world is properly lived in and like Tom was saying that that the kind of lore dump that you can dive into should you want to like you don't have to like I, I recently mm. come across a cutscene where there's loads of random characters talking I was like who's this these are the first people time I've seen these I was like I could just let this wash over me or I can open that thing and del- delve into the more the details around um, who these people are and I think that's a really great idea I think the marriage of story and expanding abilities is among some of the most impressive I've seen in terms of games design, because, you know, as the story progresses, it unlocks, you know, typical Final Fantasy things, but in a way where, you know, you are, there's such a lovely marriage between what you're unlocking and what the story story is trying to tell you. And um, it really hits home the story. Um, which I know people are saying, oh, it's just like a playable cutscene, but I think that's a really impressive kind of um, way that they've done this in, in terms of design. Um, I, I agree about the, the cutscenes, but I think I, genuinely the attention to detail in this game is astonishing. You know, you walk into a battle w- with a cutscene, with a clean sword, a clean face, you'll look all badass, but then after the battle, you'll be covered in dirt and you'll have blood on your face and blood on your sword. And it's just like so... Like... You could tell they've really gone gone to town on this game, and um, yeah. yeah, I'm about 25, 25, 30 hours in, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't really done much sleeping this week, and um, yeah, just just really impressed. And um, yeah, it's the first Final Fantasy game where I get you know I've got this much in, and I'm like, I really hope there's a lot left. Like, sure. I'm not yeah. satisfied yet. You know, mm. you know, it's it's just. And I, I tell you what they, they could do: less fucking fetch quests. Jesus Christ! Every side quest. Go. Can you can you take this food to these people? No, fuck off. Can you take <laughs> to these people? No, fuck off. I'm a soldier. God damn it! I'm like walking around with a giant sword. I am not your waiter. Um, I guess it's the cats from Final Fantasy VII remake all over again. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. If you've even what one thing I I'm slightly disappointed in is the fact that the victory fanfare isn't in the game enough. If if I, if there was one thing I'd like more of, 
victory fanfare because the victory fanfare in this game is awesome. Yes, it is. It's utilized just it's quite enough. Um, it's a nice feeling when it comes up, though, isn't it? It it is a lovely feeling, but also I just feel like, um, you know, having you know bows defeated or whatever it says across the screen, I could just do with it. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I could just do with that. That would be nice every time. Every time. <laughs> every time. Every time just, I defeat an enemy, even if I'm just, still in battle. You can just yeah. play it for yourself. Just soundboard it somewhere. <laughs> just I press am, it every I'm, time I'm, you win. I'm, I'm saying it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed so far and I'm very much looking forward to getting more to grips with this. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, like I said, I'm, I've I played it for maybe two hours or so today. And um, I got to an area called Lost Wing. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I haven't started it yet. But that whole sequence beforehand was lovely. Um, it feels so good. Um, like I said, I wasn't interested in this game at all until I played the demo. And the demo absolutely blew me away. And so um, I'm so in for this. And um, it's really nice to have a massive game to jump into again and play through. And yeah, so far, it's just uh, it's living up to these expectations. And I can't wait to see where it goes. And I can't wait to see what happens next. I'm just, oh, it's just all good. It's all very exciting. From Josh Thompson. The end of life from the jump always felt deflating. It's like quietly goes slow-mo. Then shows, shows XP and then gain instead of a roaring win. Oh, man. Why are we all deflated about the end of victories? I feel quite good about it. Like, yeah, I did a win. Just That's normally, there's a, it's normally an uproar in the Final Fantasy games, like yeah, but it's more of like a ooh, like slow down moment, and it's like oh, I'm used to feeling like really cathartic after a battle, but this is kind of like just puts the pace down. I mean, it's a it's a terribly minor thing that's very specific to myself that I've had no one else mention um, in an otherwise <clears throat> brilliant game that I've only played the demo of so far. And then a little bit more where I've gone to this like base with Torgal. Um, so like you, I'm very, very, uh, in the time that I had like hours to like an hour or two to spend, I did go to CTR or X Defiant as opposed to like, because I wanted to be able to chew on Final Fantasy properly with a good few hours as opposed to like an hour here and there over the weekend. So yeah, I'm not far. But yeah, that was my, that's my only like gripe with the game. Otherwise, you know, yeah, I was it's I was fantastic. saying while we were playing Extra Fighting that um the the, the the countdown time we're on Final Fantasy sixteen was going down like oh half an hour, oh twenty minutes, oh ten minutes. And then I went to bed. I didn't play it. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's always but I'm nice, I'm happy I sat down with it today because I managed to, you know, I, I didn't have to get up for anything or go anywhere. It was just me and Final yeah. Fantasy for a bit and it was great. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. Um all right then. Anyway, let's move on to <laughs> forty five minutes into the Podcast. Let's move on to the quiz. Miles, are you ready? I'm always ready, my friend. It's a question of whether you're already. Well, I felt pretty good about my win, my significant win last week. I just want to say that out loud. Yeah, you um, kind of smashed it. Yeah, but Tom's back now. So yeah, Tom's yeah. here now. Sitting so now on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of just the end of the road. <laughs> we had a good run. We had a good run. Yeah, at least you got a very good win last week. You know, yeah, now I'll it's just it. a case of waiting for the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all righty. Well, we all remember the rule at this stage. Emojis. Thank you all for your cooperation. I very much appreciate it. It's quite a mix of questions this time. So we'll see how it goes. Right. Are we ready? 
Yes. Mm. Let's do it. Question number one. Which Final Fantasy game has the highest rating on Metacritic? Oh, Sean is straight up. Seven Remake. It is not. Seven that's, Remake. That's not your hand, Sean. <laughs> 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 to put that into context for you, Sean, Remake got 87 on Metacritic. Oh, okay. Uh, Tom, you're next. Uh, I have I have a question for your question. Uh, is this like mainline Final Fantasy games? Yes. Okay. Is it including expansions for the MMO? No. Okay. <laughs> then I'm going to guess seven. No. No. I'm afraid not. Oh. So for, again, for context, seven was 92. Jesus. Yeah, this one was very, yeah. Cat. Uh, the only other one that I've heard of, other than the early, early ones, is nine. You would be correct. Oh my god, that was Whoa. a complete fucking guess. Final Fantasy wow. Nine sits at ninety-four. I never Jesus. hear any of you talk about nine. Nobody talks about nine. <laughs> nine is like a fan favorite, but yeah, like it, in discussions, it's always like six or seven. Hmm. Yeah, apparently the critics loved it, but no one else did. No, uh, to be all, fair, all um, Sean really helped me out there because my first answer was the Seven Remake. Yeah, I yeah, I got, I got like a bit, I got lucky. To be fair. Yep. No, fair enough. And uh, I did get sixteens down as well. Sixteen is on eighty-eight. So not sixteen so, like um, your dog thought it was going to be. No, it's not sixteen like your dog predicted. <laughs> <laughs> it's close though, you know. Yeah, it's close. Uh, question number two. Released in 2005, which FIFA franchise allowed you to play with iconic footballers in teams of four, featured no fouls, and had you making passes off of walls? Or, Sean, you just beat Tom to that. FIFA Street. It is indeed FIFA Street. Well done, FIFA sir. FIFA Street. What got a game. point, baby! Oh, loads of what days. <laughs> uh, question number three. The Blades of Chaos are wielded by which iconic video game character? Oh. Tom. Kratos. It is indeed Kratos. Well done. Uh, question number four. What is the power-up that will only chase after you if you're in first on Mario Kart? Tom. Blue shell. For it fuck's sake! Shell. <laughs> wait, no, that's just... not strictly true. Wait, 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 wait. What did you Go say? On. What was your question? What is the power-up that will only chase after you if you're in first? Oh, okay. Mm. Okay, fine, 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 fine. I thought you said, what is the only power-up? And I was like, oh, that's wrong. But okay, fine, fine, fine. You can have that. Semantics is very important there. <laughs> Tom, you can have the correct answer to the question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lucky no, it me. Wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't doubting Tom. It was doubt, doubting Miles's semant like the way that he'd worded it. I was like, "Oh, be careful." Like... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, question number five. Sora from Kingdom Hearts uses a specific kind of weapon. What is it called? Oh, Tom's there again. Fuck! It's the keyblade. Honestly, this feels like a fucking sporting match in like how <laughs> fast can you click the fucking mouse? Because I cannot. Very oh. impressive. It's like he's doing it by eye movement. I don't understand. Oh yeah, I'm on I'm on blinks. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, attached to his, like think. brain activity. Question of the Question of the six. Josh is rage queen. <laughs> Josh has had enough. He's peacing out. <laughs> Uh, which Telltale Walking Dead Walking Dead game does Clementine not appear in? Sean? Michonne. It is indeed Michonne. Well done, sir. Is that what it's called? I was literally about to say the one with fucking Michonne in it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Myself. <laughs> yeah, they made the title an easy one for that one. 
uh, Walking upset. Dead, Michonne, but whatever. Yeah, is she, is, but... is, is she in that Five Hundred Days one? Uh, the Five Hundred Days is a separate expansion. It's not ah, Michonne. Okay. Sit down, like an Tom. Extra episode. <laughs> just, just you know, the cement. Oh, everyone's trying it now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I googled that answer like four times to make sure it was watertight. No, I'm kidding. Oh. Um, question number seven: Which video game holds the world record for the longest single running cutscene? Ross, it's got to be Metal Gear Solid. I need to know which one. <gasps> four. It is four. It well is done. Oh, Isn't it like fifty-something oh, minutes? It's 72 minutes oh my long. God. Jesus is that the Christ. Christ. It is indeed the ending cutscene where they're Fucking explaining hell. all of the wild stuff that's going on in the universe. And Kojima was like, I don't want to make another one, so I'm going to wrap up every possible question imaginable, even the ones no one asked. I'm nuclear. Yeah, and then he made another one anyway. And then Konami <laughs> said, no, more prequels. <laughs> yeah, give us more. Uh, question number eight. Horizon Zero Dawn features which robotic creature on its cover art? And I want the in-universe name of it. Uh, Sean. Shit. <laughs> uh, you do this uh, a lot. Uh, ah, fuck's sake! I'm, put, I'm putting the hand down, sorry. Okay, fair enough. Kat, you're next. Um, Is that not a Thunderjaw? It is a Thunderjaw. Well yeah. done. Oh, for Mother, you! I was like... Fucker. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> what uh, did you say? Sean just always forgets. He puts his hand up and he's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> oh, I was honestly like, that was like, don't. I was, and, and you know, that kind of thing's so obvious to you, and you're like, no, that you're gonna look, you're looking look dumb, and then I panicked. <laughs> no, you had it. Uh, question number nine: Which FPS game was released in 2016, set in World War One, and featured a campaign made of war stories? Roscoe. Strategic Command World War One. No, that released in 2019. Ah, oh, damn. Good effort, though. Uh, Tom, you're next. It was Battlefield One. It was Battlefield One. Well done. Is Tom still here? Yeah. Okay. He's winning. <laughs> yeah. And question number ten: Who plays Trevor in Grand Theft Auto Five? Cat. Stephen Ogg. It is Stephen Ogg. Well done. Oh, see. Do you know what? I actually didn't know the answer until I clicked my hand up and I was like, think of it! You know him! You walked past him! I was <laughs> going to say, yeah, I expected of all the party here you would have got that one. Alrighty, we have a winner, although it was actually very close. So, on zero points, we have Josh and Yogdog. <laughs> Sorry, guys. On one point, we have Roscoe. I'll take on two it. points, we have Sean. Three points, we have Cat, And that leaves four points for Tom. Well done, Tom. <laughs> We'll run closer on that one than usual. Yeah, there, are, there, there are a couple in there that I just had no idea. I was going to guess Tall Neck <laughs> for Horizon. I tried playing it the other day, and, and it's not for me. I'm actually so, going to take so... it as a win that there are a couple of questions you didn't know the answer to. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stephen Hogg, I forgot his name. I almost panic clicked just to try and guess it. <laughs> just for the little hesitation. Ever, if anyone ever asked me the actors for GTA Farm, oh, Stephen Ogg and the other two. Yeah, the other guys who did their yeah, roles. I can't remember their names at all. Well, well done, Miles. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Well done, Tom. Once again, enjoy the crown. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll polish it up for you. We all sound so mean, don't you, when you come back? Like, oh, we're going to lose to Tom again. But we're all we're all we're happy you're here. I just want to make clear. You know. Just hate losing to me. 
I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'll leave. Sorry. His hand was up just very, very marginally quicker than mine on a couple of those answers that I may or may not have been able I, to get. I, a bunch I, of I think so. was it Keyblade that got the for fuck's sake? Fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, I saw again. It's where I can find. <laughs> Um, right then, let's get into the news. And there's a fair bit this week, but we're gonna have to get through it fairly quickly. Um, very, very quickly, the update to Starfield. Now, this week, um, Bethesda themselves tweeted out that Starfield will not be coming on physical discs. Instead, if you buy the game, it will come in a digital code in the box. Now, that tweet has since been deleted, and today, um, they have confirmed via Bethesda Spain that standard editions of Starfield would indeed have a physical disc, while the Constellation edition, which is the big old special edition, the one with the watch, uh, the one with the smartwatch, um, will have uh, codes only, and the code to be engraved on the watch, which is pretty cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, do look out for that. If you are buying Starfield for Xbox or PC, PC will be code only, Xbox will have physical discs. So that is not a problem. Okay, don't you be worrying about it if you are you're one of those physical people. Discs are a thing that is still happening. Thank the Lord. Maybe. I don't know. I'm getting it on Game Pass. It doesn't bother me. Right, so um, let's talk about Google. Hooray! Now, you remember last year, Google shut down Stadia. Or was it January this year? It was January this year. And um, I kind of lamented this because Although Stadia was very poorly ran, it was a very poor service, the actual tech behind it was fantastic and by far, in my opinion, the best of the cloud streaming services. So it's come to light that Google are now possibly bringing games to YouTube, um, which is something that I believe was discussed in the early days of Stadia that they were going to do down the line, and now it looks like they're still going to continue that, but via YouTube instead of their own brand, which is, of course, Google Stadia. So Google is reportedly testing a product that would allow players to play games via YouTube. That's according to the Wall Street Journal, citing an internal email sent to employees at parent company Google. This is from Jordan Middler at VGC. The new product, which is called Playables, gives users the chance to play games on mobile devices or computers via the video streaming platform. Playables will be reportedly allow players to play games instantly via the YouTube app on mobile devices, similar to Stadia. This is the latest foray into video games from Google, following Google Stadia, a cloud-based platform that allowed players to stream their library inside Chrome, as well as on Chromecast and other similar devices. It's currently unclear if Playables will harness the same technology used by Stadia, and it's also unclear if the scope of Playables will go beyond basic titles at this stage. Now, I don't know if I was in already shouting uh, Stadia. I thought it was pretty good. Um, and I know Paul was a big fan of it as well. Paul, as you know, if you listen to this podcast a lot, he had the ultimate version of Cyberpunk at launch. Uh, while we were all crying about how broken it was, he was playing the Stadia version and having no issues whatsoever. Um, so we know Stadia do have the tech. Um, I guess the question is, do Google need to be back? Do we need to be playing games on YouTube? Um, who do I start with? Uh, Miles, what do you reckon? Uh, I don't know. I was already not on board, even with Stadia, and the idea of streaming games through YouTube, I don't know, it just doesn't appeal to me whatsoever. I don't feel like it's going to really compete with the main um, competitors in the market. But I guess also maybe Google have realized they can't, and maybe this is their way of going, we'd like to do video game stuff, but we can't really compete, and we screwed it up last time, so we're just going to go down this other little avenue. Um, YouTube is massive. Um, a lot of big YouTubers have huge followings, so... I see it as a way for them to try to capitalize on some of that audience that already exists. Um, it's not particular interest to me. 
Um, but I can see if they actually this time get the implementation of it right and actually develop it in a way that is accessible and doesn't charge you over the odds about four different times just to be able to play games that already exist, um, then it can find its audience. But again, it's just the execution of Stadia was the problem, not the tech or the idea of it. It was just the way they charged you a subscription and then charged you for the games on top of it for games that were already years old, being sold at full price for no reason. Um, so they just need to get their pricing on point and actually find the right kind of niche that it wants to hit. Um, but, you know, more games is always a good thing. I want to be proven wrong with it. And hopefully, like you said, the tech was excellent. So it's a shame if it would be going to waste. So at least hopefully that could be put to good use and we'll get some decent games out of it, hopefully. One can only hope. Yeah, it is Google, though. It'll end up dead in the ditch in like three years. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that is the thing. Yeah, we found for a couple of years until Google. Yeah, I'm bored of this now. Um, <laughs> we haven't uh, made billions out of it, so we're shutting it down. Yeah, yeah that'll be it. Uh, Tom, what do you make of this news? Uh, Fair enough. Okay, yeah. moving on. <laughs> no, go on. No, it's. I mean, they they're probably just trying to find some use for the tech they made. They might as well chuck it in a fucking YouTube Premium. There you go. That'll That's get more an interesting board. thing. Yeah. Make that. Mm. Uh, I can't imagine it's going to be another attempt at hey let's make you charge let's charge you for another subscription that you also have to buy your games for um like that was a fucking dumb move and i think everyone thought that was a dumb move um was so yeah roll it in a premium have a i don't know like a rolling catalog of games it'll get some people in i'm already on youtube premium because i use youtube more than i use any other service to watch stuff you know um and i think youtube premium is like a bit expensive for what it is i mean you get youtube music so it's handy if they rolled this in that'd probably be attractive to a, enough people that it's you know worth a shot they've already got the tech i can't imagine it would be running anywhere nearly as intensively as what is it 11.99 a month premium right now we we pay nineteen ninety nine, but we get the family plan. Ah, okay. Um, because so, we've got like four users on it. So do you, think they, do you think they bump it up to maybe like maybe twenty one ninety nine or twenty ninety nine for games as well? well? I don't even know if they they should bump it up, but I feel like if they make it even more of an attractive proposition, like people that have already got premium probably aren't going to use it, but people that haven't got premium, this could be the thing that like. Rolls them over into getting it, yeah. But yeah. you know, like Miles said, probably not going to happen. It'll probably get killed. <laughs> if anything, <laughs> like Google, I, I can't remember where I read it. It might have been on fucking Twitter. But it's like people at Google just come up with ideas for promotions, and then they get because there's isn't there a website that tracks every project Google has just killed there mindlessly? Is, yeah. yeah, and there's so many. This is just another one for the heap, probably. Yeah. Like almost definitely. Well, yeah. Let's try and try to find some light in this. Um, Cap, YouTube games premium, is that something that appeals to you? If they throw in YouTube premium and YouTube music premium as well? Um, I guess it depends because none of us really 
I don't know how many people are using Apple Arcade and Apple Music at the same time. Um, or if that's even a thing, but like... Uh, that's the Apple One why? subscription, isn't it? Maybe, but are people really being like, oh, do you know what my favourite subscription is? The Apple One, because you get the Arcade and the Spotify, like, and the music. And I just don't know, realistically, like, if you're going to make Stadia, which was its, like, standalone console, you know, like... Paul loved it. it. Got very good reviews. It just didn't do well. I just think like it's just a bit shallow to be like, oh, what's our best-selling thing on Google? Oh, YouTube. Yeah, we own YouTube. What should we do with that? Like, just are you milking the cow a bit too much there? It's already got shorts because it's trying to be TikTok. It's you know, it, it was once its own thing, and now it's constantly trying to be something else. And it's like YouTube is just YouTube, and it still stays YouTube. Stop trying to make it something it's not. You already failed at the game thing. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> it's over, you're Google. Damn it. Video. Yeah, you're the music video thing. You don't see Netflix being like, oh, we're going to just like stream some music videos for the hell of it. Yeah. Like, they know their place, they know their market, they know their audience. Netflix do have oh. games now, though. <laughs> Fair. Well, <laughs> they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm pretty sure like they own the Oxen Free developer now because Oxen Free Two. Shush, they maybe. do. Yeah, but that's because they're making a series. They're making a series. That that's allowed. Um, <laughs> but I yeah, I just think like stop trying to be a monopoly octopus because like it's okay that you are marketing one really really good thing well. Stop trying to do loads of things shittily because. You know, whilst YouTube is very, very good for content creation, like it, it's so, it's already so good. Why, why are we, why are we fucking with YouTube? It's annoying. Like, like what shorts? I don't, I don't go on my lunch break and go, oh, do you know what I really want to watch? A couple of shorts on YouTube. No, oh, I just watch TikTok. <laughs> they're copying and pasting uh... from. They're copying and pasting from TikTok anyway, aren't they? Most of them. Like I, I, I yeah. only put on like, like mass uploads. It's like, like reels as well. The Instagram reels is just basically TikTok videos, like six months ago. TikTok videos, yeah, yeah, exactly, Matt. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not here for it. If, if you're gonna, if Stadia wasn't, if Stadia was absolutely thriving, it would make sense. But it's not. You just continue. You killed it. No, Rip, yeah, it's dead. Buried it. So yep. that's my opinion. Fair. I'm afraid. Sorry to be there. Sorry to be. You know, blowing the sad trumpet, but no, it's fine. Miles did, and then Tom did, so it might as well just carry it on. Yeah, you know? yeah. Sorry, sorry to be the part of the sad marching band, but we have got <laughs> for YouTube. It's just sorry, a bad parade walking you. through our podcast right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it is a weird thing. I mean, I've had YouTube Premium now for a while, and I only found out this week that YouTube Music Premium comes with it. So I cancelled my Spotify immediately, realizing I'm paying for two different music services, and I'll have YouTube Music Premium, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good to throw music videos as well. So it's a good time. Um, I miss Spotify. I use Spotify now just for podcasts, which is great. Um, Sean, in a world of cloud streaming on YouTube, would you watch the trailer for a new Need for Speed game? And it says, play now on a button. And then you press that button and you go to play Need for Speed. Does that sound like a world you want to live in? Um, yes. I'm, I'm hey, there we go. So I'm, I'm going to put down the sad trumpet. They're going to pick up the positive oboe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so 
<laughs> I couldn't think of another. The positive obo time of Sean Davies. <laughs> da, 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 da. Anyway, um, I think this has the potential to completely seismically shift video games. And I say this, um, I, I say this as, as somebody who, who lives with a lot of kids who use YouTube to discover the vast majority of games that they want to play. And it's, <laughs> for, for me, I, I see this, if, if Google can pr- price this right and can get the right games in the right places, um, it could have a, a massive effect on video games in its entirety. So, for example, you know, big big YouTuber is contacted by Google. We have um, a new promotion for this particular game. We've just got it on our streaming service. If you play it and people click through and they you get a revenue share of whatever that is, and if the, the game you know if it's priced at the right place, then I can see this as something that kids in particular and young gamers. People who spend probably more time watching people play games than they do actually playing the games could could actually really kind of tap into a market where these people probably aren't spending as much money as they could be as like a a tapped um, kind of uncaptured set of players. I mean, I, you know, my kids, they're always watching this Garden of Banban. I don't know if you've seen this at all. It's like a, a crappy horror game but there's lots of mods on it and and things like that but i can imagine you know it's it's a game that actually i don't want to go out and buy but if it was part of a subscription service or it was priced at a reasonable place and the kids were like daddy i want to play this game and they just pointed at the video and i went okay and i just clicked the button and they started to play it then that would be like a game changer for me for my family and then if, if it is that this thing takes off and and content creators do get kind of a, a revenue share of whatever Google, you know, are offering. We could essentially see content creators concentrating on those games in a way which shifts popularity towards particular games. So, you know, you, you release in a new game, you put it on, you put it on this promotion. Content creators pick it up, they stream it, you know, x amount of times. Can you imagine how easy it would be to just like sit back and you know? I'm watching this YouTuber build a house and then just click on it and go, hey, I could do that. And it pops up and you you give it to go yourself. It's kind of, it's a transformative thing for a lot of gamers that, you know, to have that access via YouTube. You know, I found a game I want to play. I click it, I'm going to play it. That's, that is a, a really promising thing that it was always kind of the, the best thing about Stadia that never actually came to fruition. So if, if Google can do this right, it has the potential of being really positive. Um, but again, this is Google, so we'll just have to see them, wait and see if they completely fuck it up. Yes, that is the fear. But I think you're right. I think that's how we, how we have to look at it. I think the integration of YouTube, YouTubers, the enormous fan bases already on YouTube, and video like immediate video games, that's, that is... The positive oboe that we are looking for in this story. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> in an orchestra of sadness, we found the one positive oboe. That was beautiful. Um, Josh, now you've now you've heard both sides. What do you think? Yeah, I was on Sean's side uh, before he. Um, oh, here it goes. To be fair, um, I just think because. Um, 
YouTube have been operating in a space separately from a lot of its competitors, like broken free from them in a sense uh, when it comes to like streaming uh, with Twitch and Kick kind of having like the, the fight now for that. Um, they kind of need to do something on their own that's not just the uh, bespoke like subscription YouTube creator space and create hopefully be more of what like Netflix are doing where they're not putting their hands all over other people's work but bolstering their um, bolstering their uh, <clears throat> development through uh, money basically producing helping them get funding for games um, you know so we hopefully get to see more indie games in a space that is unique to YouTube potentially kind of like the stadia route where we will get timed exclusives or full game exclusives, which will be more enticing. Um, whack it in with YouTube premium as well. Um, uh, and I think the biggest thing would be to potentially make it ex as accessible as possible. So everyone's got YouTube app on their PlayStation, Xbox, or, or what have you. Make it uh, an integral part of that app as opposed to kind of just having it on the TV with a stick or something like a YouTube stick for premium or the app that's on like uh, TV, uh, smart TVs or whatever. Um, and just have it as accessible as possible. And just, yeah, like Sean said as well, like they could do paid advertisement with the creators that they do contract out, you know. Uh, YouTubers like Ludwig are like massive in the YouTube space and just generally in that sort of sphere of content creation um you know a stream or two from him with his thousands of viewers at a time um i think they've got uh i show speed as well on youtube um as an exclusive contract like these are creators that have a massive audience for younger people that uh, one or two streams of their of a game that they have paid for production for to help uh indie developers like you've got a lot more people being like, oh, I'm playing it because so-and-so is playing it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping for it just for smaller games to thrive. Um, I hope they don't go the Amazon route where they try and make their own sort of double A to trying to be triple A games and um, sink and fail with on online multiplayer. Um, that's potentially where I see, I see them going. But yeah. In an, in an idealistic world, it would just be like, you know, we're putting money into the games that we want to help create. Here they are on our platform. Come to us for them. And that's, you've you got to imagine that's what Google want to do, right? Is Oh, yeah, for sure. I think so. Because um, Netflix, I, it's weird because as an outsider, Netflix, I have no idea what they're doing outside of Oxenfree. I know they've got like games that they're helping produce and their owning companies and stuff like that. But I'm not on Netflix games playing them there. I am still playing them on the consoles of my choice. And I like that there is still that opportunity. Oxenfree isn't just on Netflix. It's on whatever it's going to be on now. It's, you know, it's on Switch, PlayStation, what have you. Um, yeah. So they're not just keeping it for themselves. And that's smart because they're still making money from sales from the game because they've got stake in it. So if they do that, then, you know, it's a win-win. And they're also carving out a space that is still pretty fresh at the moment. Yeah, I mean, YouTube becoming a gaming platform is 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 wild. But it seems like the next evolution of YouTube 
Um, yeah. The more I think about it, it seems like the obvious route to go. Um, considering that you know the success of YouTube is down to a lot of gaming content, and gaming content exactly. is made by Even to this day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, we shall see. Um, Yogo, do you want to finish this off? We move on to our story of the week. Um, I think the main thing is how much willpower does Google have to actually see stuff through anymore? They've abandoned so much in the past with new products. Even if it does seem uh, like it could be really good, and this has potential for sure, especially from the points which uh, Sean espoused upon, but I don't know if they actually have the willpower to actually follow through with the stuff anymore. So I guess we'll we'll see what happens. It's as much of a test of will Google follow through with some of their stuff as it is um, a test of the tech. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like it's early days and doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon. But yeah, we'll keep an eye on this and see see what happens um hopefully google will market this correctly will make good decisions in terms of its output and uh we'll finally sort of see the the fruits of what stadia was supposed to be um right let's get i mean i'm getting updates for the microsoft xbox thing as we're recording this it's absolutely mental right now but um very 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 quickly um we saw that a list for metal gear solid the collection volume two of course the master collection volume one it has now a release date, which is October 24th. Um, but there are leaks coming out for the second one, um, including Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain, and Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Um, this is kind of only really for Josh and Miles, because I feel like <laughs> I really want to discuss Metal Gear Solid. So, uh, Miles, Josh, are these the right things to be added? Is there anything else you'd like to see in them that aren't already in it, currently rumoured to be? Yeah, possibly impossible but the acid games the kind of card building uh turn-based games that there were on, that were only on the psp mm-hmm. that would be sick um however metal gear solid 4 is nothing to uh scoff at having um it be a be playable outside of just the ps3 for however long it's been out is massive um you know it's one that i think a lot of people have probably missed because ps3 wasn't big for everyone um uh and it's well worth playing it's you know it's the concluding of the story so it's a it's a special metal gear solid that is very hard to come by yeah all right interesting uh mars you happy with the lineup i am i think it makes sense i think it's kind of what we expected the moment we saw volume one <clears throat> the first question was oh i wonder when volume two is coming with the other ones <laughs> um the question was more going to be which games are going to get the treatment and which aren't yeah games um, are so needy aren't they Oh, they really Master are. Collection Volume <laughs> One gets announced. Fantastic. Where's Volume Two? Ah, oh, give me more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Konami are really, uh, really pulling the punches for me this year. Um, mm. I think MGS Four, like just jo- Josh touched on, is a really important one, given that it hasn't had a release outside the PS3, um, and it is very integral to the entire conclusion um, of the saga itself. Um, but I, I do query how well MGS Four is going to do in the current times with its 72 minute record breaking cutscene and it's i think my first playthrough of the game was like 15 or 16 hours and then when i did my like speedrun playthrough i did it in like two hours and 50 minutes which gives you an indication of how much of this game is pure cutscene um 
So yeah, it is a lot. And I'm wondering how that's going to translate. MGS5 coming in the package is quite significant, given that that game is huge. Um, and in terms of like the pricing point, you're going to get a lot of game out of, of value here. Um, and Peace Walker is a very... I still think it's a bit underappreciated. I still don't know how Kojima managed to make that game for the PSP and make it run and make it work. Um, it's obviously had its PS3 and 360 release in the HD collection, but I think it'll be nice for audiences to pick it up. The only one, other than the Asa games Josh has mentioned, the Asa games were great, but they are very like, they're almost like a weird anthology spinoff of the game. Um, and they were card-based like deck builders, which I actually think would be more accepted now than they were back then. Um, it's portable. Is it like, um, is it like Gwent? Uh, it's more like uh, what's the game? It's more like Fights in Tight Spaces, where like you'll get like a set of cards, you'll have a deck uh, that you okay, build, and then during like the the levels, the game will just randomly draw cards from your deck, and you'll have like movement cards, uh, fighting cards, all that kind of thing. Okay. Um, but it was very weird. Like the story was really weird. The game itself was really weird. The second one then went completely the opposite direction, like Watch Dogs Two did with Watch Dogs One. Um, where they went from really dark and gloomy and miserable to look, everything's brightly coloured and everything's anime now and everything's over the top and nothing makes sense and it's like okay, I don't know what happened here, but fine. Um, <laughs> but they both were really fun games. Um, I think Portable Ops is a miss because Portable Ops has a couple of. It's not important to the overall story, but for some of the characters, it has some quite important kind of connecting points. Um, and I do understand why they've skipped it, because graphically it would just look abysmal in today's world. <coughs> and mechanically it was built for the PSP. So it's like tiny missions, really short. You could actually choose your way through missions in like 30 seconds flat if you wanted to. Um, but the actual core gameplay mechanics, I think there were some really good ideas in there. Um, I think it's a shame it's being missed. And a part of me wonders if it might be in line for like a bigger either remaster or proper remake because it would need the most work done to it to make it <clears throat> acceptable in like the modern age um but yeah i think it's good news it's nice that we're going to have the entire catalog of like the main core games all available at once on the same platforms um and it's nice to get it out to people who never got to experience it back in the old days um yeah the more people that get to play metal gear the better from my perspective because you know it's my favorite franchise and I want everyone to appreciate it or hate it because it's too many cutscenes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's exciting news. I'm pleased that they're uh, giving them the treatment they deserve. Is it your favorite franchise? You've never mentioned it before. No, no, I've never even you know said a word about it. To be honest, I've kept it really under wraps. Yeah. Okay. And also, Tom, I don't think anybody wants Revengeance back. Sadly. Hey, 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 hey oh. now, hey <laughs> now. I'm not going to have that slam. Revengeance popped off online last year. It would be like a smart thing to do. Yeah, Revengeance would be dope, to be fair. But again, because I think it's not mainline, and because it's it's yeah. sort of is canon, but it's, it's kind of it's, Platinum's it's canon. After MGS four, yeah. What about but, uh, what about what about Survivor? Uh, <laughs> wait, please don't don't do this to me. I swear What's to God, that? what is? That? I will. I'm not even gonna. I'm not. No, I'm not. That's for <laughs> Volume Three. <laughs> volume Three will just be Metal Gear Survivor on its own with Revengeance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They will. just did survive, and they were like, here you go, it's volume three, and everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Would you like a turd with your absolute game of an action game? <laughs> we polished it. It's still a turd. It's still absolute dog shit, but, you know, you can play it. No one will want to, but, you know, try it. You can play it in 60 frames now. It's great. I mean, it'll, I it makes you appreciate the other entries that much more. Ross, I, I just want to... Can you remember the going to EGX when Metal Gear Survive was being shown 
and there being zero queue for it the entire weekend. Yeah, not a single person <laughs> wanted to play it. Oh my god. Uh, like it was like an hour queue for Assassin's Creed, or you could just walk up and play Metal Gear 5. Yeah, <laughs> so Great. bad. Just play the whole thing. <laughs> oh god. So yeah. bad. Oh it was it's always been my favorite Metal Gear game, and it's probably the best one out there. So please, uh, please stop talking. So just um <laughs> I want to confirm that with everyone um for the last time. Um, right then, let's let let. I mean, I don't even know where to start with this. I mean, the FTC and Xbox have been going at each other all week about this Activision Blizzard merging. FTC obviously blocked it in America, so Xbox is now repealing it instead of now in court trying to make their peace. And some of the stuff that is coming out is genuinely wild. Um, I mean, we got from Microsoft wanting to just like acquire Bethesda. Um, purely because Starfield was going to be an exclusive for PlayStation, so Microsoft bought Bethesda <laughs> on the back of that, which is just unbelievable. And while we've, while we've been recording, it's been revealed that Microsoft considered acquiring Bungie, of course, with the PlayStation and Sega um, for Xbox Game Pass, and also that Microsoft wanted to buy Sony out of business just because they can. Um, it's absolutely wild. Um, Sean, if, what is your favorite story that's come out this week? From Microsoft because it's it's every day something wild is happening. Wait, this entire thing is a fucking shit show, isn't it? it Pretty much, it, yeah. It's an absolute tire fire, and I'm I'm just genuinely happy that this whole oh where was me Xbox? Uh, you know, we we we've lost the console war, and then you look at the email and go, we could just double spend Sony and put them out of business. Is it you know like? I'm just genuinely great that this whole facade between Sony and Microsoft is now just fucking gone, you know, and, and we can really get the gloves off and just start punching each other in the face because that's what it feels like as as like an outsider just watching these two companies railing on one another. It's brilliant, and I hope Jim Ryan's testimony gets unsealed at some point because that's what I want to see. Oh my god, can you imagine? Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. I, I can imagine he went, you know. There's there's a reason why they sealed that. <laughs> yeah, I should say Phil Spencer's and like um everyone from Activision and uh, and and Microsoft's their their testimonies have been made public. Uh Sony have decided that they want theirs to be private, so we won't know what happens with Jim Ryan in this particular case, which is devastating because I can't even imagine what he has to say about all of this. Um but uh, yeah, um we won't ever know, which is really sad. But my God, what an absolute horror show uh, it has been for all this. And of course, this leads to, of course, you know, FTC still haven't made a decision. Uh, the, the 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 merger between them and Activision still hasn't gone through, and it's taking forever. Um, Kat, are you bored of this yet? I know you were bored of this probably months ago, but has anything come out this week that's made you go, what? You know what? It's really funny because um as you're explaining everything in the timeline it's just we've we've said it for weeks haven't we it's fucking petty it's always been petty except they've all i guess had this bravado of games no we're all in it together we're high school musical uh number one at the end we're all in this together holding hands nobody wants to fight nobody uh we love you and you love me and we just all got all this love for each other no they fucking don't 
No, they fucking don't. And now one of them's pissed off the other one and they're going all guns blazing. We could just outsell you. Fuck you. We'll just buy you then. Well, fuck off then. I'll just buy this then. And we knew it was going to happen. And it was just only a matter of time. And it's, it's just like you said, these stories are breaking as we're speaking. And it's likely that those offices are fire tapping right now their pr having a night of it um so i think sean called this a long long time ago there has been so much going on behind the scenes and they've been too quiet when something is too quiet that says alarm bells and this is likely exactly why um this was only ever going to be too quiet for so long um I just love the pettiness of it. I love this like false bravado that we're all friends and there's no competition. Why would there be competition? No, we just want what's best for each other. No, they fucking don't. I love that. It's <laughs> like, you know, we all we've all seen Phil Spencer at E3 and like the showcases going yeah, gaming yeah. is for everyone, guys, and we're all it. We yeah. are we are one and behind we're like we are one. We we could buy Sony and put them out of business. Yeah, they're like fuck them. They're all getting drunk with like whiskey and they're like, yo, 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 yo. Funny, funny, funny story, guys. What if we just bought them? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, someone's done that. They've all sat around with beer and pizza and been like, fuck them, we'll just buy them. Fuck it, what are they going to do? We've got enough money, we'll just, you know, call up Bill Gates. I don't know. Um, they probably <laughs> that last bit because yeah. he's been retired for ages. But, yeah, so I'm glad it's coming out. I feel like, you know, once they all get it out of their system, have a big hug, you know, maybe then this is going to come to a head. What's coming to a head, isn't it? Really, it's 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 been bubbling under the surface. And yeah, what was that? What was that in re- reference to? That was literally not so long ago. And it's Phil Spencer being like, "There's no, there's no competition. There's no, you know, we just want we want it to be for everybody, and we congratulate blah 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 on their successes or whatever the fuck." Someone said it recently in a podcast. It was like not even six months ago or four months ago, and I was listening to it. And I can't remember. It probably would have been. um, I I don't know. He got very open in public after Redfall, like crashed and burned. And um, he went. It was about Redfall, yeah. He went on the kind of funny podcast to talk about it. Open, yeah, and he did like a very open-ended conversation, didn't he? Where he admitted blah 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 and then he was like you know behind the scenes we just all what's the best for each other and you know all gaming is all one and blah blah blah. we never like laugh at people's failures blah 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 blah. lol yeah (laughs) yeah lol but it's what we've been saying for ages is like you know phil spencer is a lethal businessman i mean now we've seen the evidence of this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i love i love that the petty is like pouring out yeah. Get it out of the way. Shut the fuck up and let's go with it. For sure. <laughs> have, your, have a little cat fight. Sorry, Sean. It is an unprecedented level of petty when when you really yeah, consider honestly. what they did. So so like Sony got a death loop on a one year timed exclusive deal. They got Tokyo Ghostwire as a one year exclusive deal. You can likely imagine that Starfield would have been on the same amount of deal. Like Sony aren't going out and buying an exclusive game, you know, out and out these days. Um, but what what they <laughs> what they did, you know, Microsoft saw that actually we can't do without that game for a year. Is they bought the entire developer and publisher and then stopped it coming to PlayStation. Not yeah. like Sony were like you can have it in a year. Xbox just stopped it. It was in development for Sony and they pulled it. 
Same with Redfall. It's it's genuinely like a massive knee-jerk reaction to small things. And, you know, it, it, it's it's so fucking incompetent. Like, I know we we, we call him like a, a decent businessman, but you've got, you know, Phil Spencer was given the opportunity to do Spider-Man with Marvel and turned it down. And then he went out and bought developer, publishers, because essentially it's just mismanagement over and over again. You know, we can't we can't keep up with Sony. No, because you don't look after your own fucking studios. How, with all of the talent and quality does in within Xbox Studios, can you not make a game that's on par with God of War? How can you not do that? Yeah. And they've announced today that Perfect Dark is still in pre-production four years after it was announced. Are you fucking kidding? Seriously? It hasn't actually started. It's still in pre-production. It's... Is that what that news piece was? Yep. <laughs> I, saw, I saw the headline about where's Perfect Dark. They said it's, it's, it's still it's, free. It's at least five years away, they said. Fucking hell. This, that, I'm, I'm sorry, but they, they subcontracted Crystal Dynamics to, to help develop it, and they were still in pre-production. Yep. What the fuck is up with Microsoft? They genuinely have too much fucking money and not enough management skills. Yeah. That... That is coming to pass. It's so, it's fucking wild. I've I've stopped counting the swears. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> but no, it, it makes you wonder, like, where's what's going on with India? What's going on with contraband? What's going on with gears at this point? Or Halo? You know, it's like, you know, is yeah. are we are, are we going to see them again ever? I mean, you've got to hope so. I mean, Halo Halo Infinite was supposed to be the platform they build on for a decade. Um, yeah. And it's already, you know, ugh. yeah. Um, Again, because of a bad launch. I think a bunch of lead developers left as well after it fucking shit itself out, and the multiplayer went to shit. Yeah, the lead for three four three, who was the lead on the multiplayer for Bungie at the time when they were making Halo, has now left Microsoft, and he's starting his own studio, and that's probably not good. So you know there is a lot of there's there's a lot of fires that need to put out right now in in Microsoft, but you know they're actually flaming Sony at the same time. So it's just uh, it's just oh it's been a week, hasn't it? Um, your dog, you enjoying the console wars, the actual console wars? <laughs> uh, I think this whole situation is a bit of a joke, really, and I think Microsoft really are mismanaging their position. It feels like. Um, they don't use their studios well enough, and that perfect dark information you just gave is an absolute joke. I mean, it's been in pre-production already for four years. That's that's nuts, no? Like, can anyone think of any other games other than like Duke Nukem Forever, maybe, that have been like that? Beyond Good and Evil 2. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose Ubisoft haven't had the best track record of a couple of their games between that and score and score and bones. But uh yeah, it's I don't really have a stake in it anymore. I used to be definitely a huge PlayStation fan. And if I was pushed to choose between the two, I would probably choose a PlayStation 5 over the uh over the most recent Xbox. But I just want to see good games out of both. You're not really seeing too many of them lately from Microsoft. It, it it feels like so. Uh, it's that's all we want, isn't it? I mean, we we all came 
at least and, and the, the majority of us watched the Xbox showcase and thought, damn, that was a really good show. You know, they've got some great stuff coming. But yeah. now it's like, are we ever going to see these games? <laughs> That's yeah. a terrifying thought. It, it's... I... There's a problem with TV shows now where it's literally years between shows and people lose interest. So a lot, of, maybe not a lot of time, but there's been cases where popular shows aren't so popular anymore because the hype's wore off and so on. Mm. Is it now becoming a problem where games are becoming announced too early and it's been so long between it being announced and them being released? But is that going to become a problem there too? Uh, I, I, I don't know, honestly. Um, I mean, yeah. The, the average development cycle now is a decade for a AAA game, and it certainly feels like Microsoft announce a game the moment they go green light. Like a lot of studios don't do that nowadays, you know. Um, a lot of studios wait until they've got something that's worth showing, and and you know, we got we got a pretty lovely trailer for Perfect Dark, but it really feels like. They put that studio together and went, you're going to make Perfect Dark, and they announced it and then did four years' worth of work that should have been done prior to them announcing anything. Yeah. You know, we've five years, another five years of that shit sitting on the shelf. It's the agent. It's never coming out. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be the sad reality of Perfect Dark. Unless, unless it's ready for launch for, what, the next Xbox, which they said will also possibly launch with the Elder Scrolls 6 in 2029. The, the other thing I want to say for Perfect Art specifically, I, I'm going to get a flack off Roscoe here. It's not like it's the biggest property out there. Like, it's not anywhere near as famous as How many other you. series. So are people going to want to wait for it anywhere near as much? Um, it, I, I'm, I'm unsure... Uh, yeah, I think it'll be like Agent. I don't think it'll ever come out. In the words of Aaron Burr, sir, I'm willing to wait for it. That's fair. I, I just wonder how many are. I just want some Perfect Dark, because it, 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 it is a nostalgia thing for me. I love Perfect yeah. Dark. I love Perfect Dark Zero. Um, however terrible Zero is, I had a good time with it. Um, but yeah, it is one of those things. You know, it's it'll come, it'll, it'll come when it comes, you know. It's just going to be one of those things that we're going to have to wait for, I think, for a while. And I think Microsoft are getting very much getting in their own way about it. Um, according to the article, which I've shared in the Slack, you know, there's it's just build after build after build after build after build have been thrown out by the by the um, seniors at the initiative and at Crystal Dynamics. You know, they can't seem to find the right direction of a perfect dart that, that they want to go down. And it's like, how? How between Crystal Dynamics and the, and the initiative? But the initiative is like, when they announced it, they, it was like, the great, like the all-star team of game developers coming together to create something. And, you know, maybe there's too many egos, maybe there's something, maybe they can't just choose a vision for it. And unfortunately, that's probably going to be its downfall. But I hope and I pray that something actually does fucking happen with this game. Um, because at the, at the moment, Microsoft, uh, I mean, this week has been hysterical to, to just follow and stuff, you know. And I want, we all want good games. We all want games from every console to succeed. And, you know, because at, at, at the end of the day, that benefits us as consumers. You know, if we can get good games from every system, then there's nothing for us to complain about. But, you know, we've got to get to a point where if you've bought an Xbox right now, a week ago, we were saying, if you've got an Xbox, you're, you're sorted. You, you're going to have a great 
2023-2024. But now, a week later, it's like they've set themselves on fire because they have to get they have to get this Activision thing over the line. You know, if they can't do that, then there's it's a lot of empty promises that they made over the past year to their to their fans and supporters about what's going to happen with COD or what's going to happen with any other franchises. And it's it's quite scary that it might actually not happen after all of this. And there's there's a fine line of saying this will happen if this will happen if and a year later or a year and a half later however long it's been since they announced the acquisition nothing has come of it because they still have to go through all these processes and as a fan of xbox that's really sad to see and i hope that there is some light at the end of the title i just hope that there's something to savor after all of this something that they can actually build on and build upon from this because it just feels like they're they're playing with scraps right now. Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, we haven't got to yet. Miles, you enjoying it? You having fun? You enjoying this week? Isn't it fun? Oh, it's just so entertaining. <laughs> it's all just like people have said, just very petty and very sad. And the longer this goes on, the worse I think Microsoft look like. Initially, it actually seemed like Microsoft had some valid points and Sony were just kind of stonewalling stuff and being like, oh, what was us? Like Microsoft have more money. Which they do, but everyone kind of knew that anyway. <clears throat> but it's been interesting that the more they've gone on, Phil Spencer's almost gone over to the, oh, we're so pathetic and we can't make good games, so we have to buy them because otherwise how can we compete? And I'm like, what a way to boost the confidence of your failing studios who are all struggling to get games out because you're not giving them timelines and giving them structure and giving them, you know, focus for their projects. And, you know, we've just come off the back of a showcase, which was a step in the right direction. Um but still had some of the same problems of like Fable was a big CGI trailer, which told us nothing about the actual game or how it's going to play or what we can expect from it. <laughs> and Starfield is looking better, but it's one against, you know, the last six exclusives that Sony's released in the equal amount of time. And the more that they keep going down this route of trying to act like they're the the lower party, and they said something in the... <laughs> in a statement that was like, oh, Sony owns 70% of the market share and we only own 30. And I'm sure Nintendo is sat there thinking, like, excuse us? Like, where are we in your equation here? Um, so even like the the kind of figures that they're presenting and the way that they're trying to betray it just feels very flawed. And it's just a weird argument to go down, this idea that they just can't compete on the scale of quality, given the resources, the manpower, the studios, <clears throat> everything that Microsoft has at their disposal it's not because they don't have the capacity to compete it's that they're just failing to compete i think like you said of they are squandering all of the talent and expertise in their studios and doing a bad job with the games that they are saying that they're going to release and they're not releasing them um and it is like they've conveniently forgotten about the xbox 360 era as though they weren't the market leader at that point and that you know, the PS3 couldn't hold a candle to it. They had the cheaper console, they had more games, they had more desire around playing the multi-platform games at that time. You know, they fumbled it with the PS4 era and they've not recovered it because Sony are focused on what people want, which is good games. Fundamentally, we all stick with Sony's console predominantly because we know we're going to get a stream of very good games that come out on a consistent basis. Not all of them are 10 out of 10s, but you know that you're going to guarantee a minimum 7 or an 8 out of 10 with most of their releases. And if you compare like the Perfect Dark reboot or remake with, say, The Last of Us 1 of the remake, Sony identified very quickly, this will be a game that we can remake very quickly and it will make money. So let's do it and get it done in the next year. And lo and behold, it was done and completed within a year. 
I had my issues with the pricing of that game, but you can't deny the efficiency and that Sony know what their audience will buy and what they want. And Microsoft just don't. And this is just coming out more and more. And it almost feels like a throw in of the towel from Phil Spencer to just be like, please take pity on us and just let us buy this studio so that we can get some good games on our catalog now. And then we can just stop them being on PlayStation. And for someone who's portrayed that gaming is for everyone and that they're not there to take away, but to add to the gaming space, to openly admit that they've been effectively trying to take games and studios off of Sony, it's just not a good look. It's just very hypocritical after the messaging they've been putting out in public. Um, Yeah, it's just very sad and it feels like Microsoft are just wallowing in a bit of self-pity. And the sad thing is, is that we've been saying all the way through this, we want Microsoft to do well but they need to do it themselves. They can't just buy their way out of this. They actually have to use the talent that they have at their disposal. And even like Hellblade 2, it looks phenomenal. The motion capture is amazing. The animation work is great. When the fuck is the game coming out? When are we actually going to see anything of what made that game special? I'm a massive fan of it. I would probably buy into the ecosystem to play it if they would release it, but they're not. And that just fundamentally is where all the problems lie. And I think the longer this case goes on, the worse they look. And I actually wonder if the FTC after this kind of testimony might be swinging more back towards denying it than actively approving it. It just feels very counterintuitive how they're approaching it. But yeah, very long-winded, but it is entertaining to say the least. God, I wish we knew what Jim Ryan was saying to them right now. I I also think that's a bit of a dick move on Sony's part. Like They should have been transparent with this. And I think we're going to criticize Microsoft for what they said at least they openly said it so that we can oh yeah Sony are not innocent in this at all no absolutely not and I think you know credit to Microsoft for actually having the balls to openly admit it but Sony kind of withholding their testimony either something in there that they don't want people to see um, or they're just not confident that their argument holds weight which either option is not good well there's a lot of stuff that gets banded about by the press that are involved in this but they get they get these sheets and like half of it's redacted yeah, uh, you know, and like half of it is whether or not they're talking about games about in, in the future they haven't announced yet, or stuff that they really don't want us to know. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I mean, who knows? It's just like if they're if they're willing to share the fact that they were ready to go and spend Sony out of the industry completely, then yeah, what what are they not telling us? <laughs> exactly, like that was wild. This whole idea of like, oh no, us and Sony, we all make games. We all want to make good games for gamers, and they're like, ah, we'll just spend Sony out of the marketplace entirely yeah, buying them because backs. they're right. Microsoft could buy Sony probably four times over. Um, and I'm quite amazed they haven't even done it yet. To be honest, they haven't even attempted to. Maybe that's uh, their next move. <laughs> maybe, maybe I think it's much harder to buy Japanese studios than it is to buy Western ones. And that seems yeah, to be they the can case. never say yes. Mm. Never ever would say yes, no matter how much money, because it's not necessarily about the money for Sony. Of course, dri- capitalism is driven at the like or, or through all of this, so it's it's all those sort of um, directions that they're going in. But I think, like you said, Eastern companies and Japan in particular, they're very like loyal to kind of their own roots on on like their companies, so they would never outsource or sell. Uh, sell out to a western company even if it meant the world in money <laughs> yeah one thing i learned from the um the xbox power on documentary that's on youtube which is well worth a watch if you haven't seen it already um is microsoft tried to buy nintendo back in the day and nintendo openly laughed in their face like <laughs> that's great like openly like over the table was like no you're having a fucking <laughs> laugh aren't you mate you're having a jihad get out of here um so you know they've 
they just think they can they can throw the checkbook around every, every time yeah. and we'll just see what happens and it's it's frightening really how much how much money Microsoft actually have to play with and but yeah you see them you see them throwing their dick around and look look where they are now they're in court hearings with the FTC <laughs> it's like it's crazy it's crazy That's what, um, sorry, sorry Josh do you want to wrap this up uh, money can't buy happiness so you know Microsoft are fucked <laughs> yeah but I'd, I'd, I'd rather cry in a mansion and then my flat you know yeah true but they've got about a million mansions they don't need uh, Sony's mansions too true I don't know also, there's like an echo within mansions so you kind of get the crying effect back at you as well <laughs> I mean, and it sounds like laughing, and it will sound like laughing. <laughs> cr- cry in the flat, Ross. Cry, cry in the front, flat, please. <laughs> I'll cry in the water in my pool. I'll be fine. <laughs> oh. oh dear. Well, obviously, we'll keep an eye on this, and we'll see if any revelations come out next week. But man, this is just crazy. Will we ever play COD on Game Pass? We may never know. God, who knows? Crash Team Rumble Two will be exclusive to Xbox one day. That'd be frightening, wouldn't it? We'll see what happens. Right then, let's get to recommendations very, very quickly because there's loads of us. Uh, Miles, what's your recommendation this week? Uh, I tried out a little game on the Steam Next Fest. Hold on, let me find the actual title of it because it's very confusing. Uh, I said quickly, Miles! It's called Operation Polygon Storm and it's like a tower defense game at military and it's on Polygon and it's really cool and yeah, go play it. I think only Yogg will probably enjoy it, but there's a recommendation for Yogg Dogs. (laughs) What's it called? Operation Polygon Storm. Operation Polygon Storm. All right, nice one. Yeah, there you go. Cracking. Uh, Sean? Um, I'm going to steal Yog Dogs. Um, the new Leviathan 40k box came out. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, me and my lad went halves on it, and we're having a real good time with it. If you have not been into 40k for a while, this is like a great time to jump in because the 10th edition is out. And um, I still don't quite understand how to play, uh, but we're learning the rules and um, we've been painting and it's awesome. So, you know, if you're, if you're a lapsed fan and fancy painting up some Smurfs or some Nids, then get yourself down to your local Warhammer shop and partake. What's it called again? The Leviathan Box. I guess. You know, Ivan Box go. I'm just uh, just for the uh, just Notes. for the uh, podcast description. Um, indeed. Uh, Yog Dog, what's yours now? Uh, I'm just gonna say the same one. Sod it. Um, go do it. So yeah, the, the Leviathan Box came out on Saturday. Um, it's 150 quid off of Games Workshop's store, so it's not cheap, but you can get it for as low as 120 from various third-party ones. Um, so you're best shopping around to find it. Stock is... Uh, it depends. Some third-party sites will have it. Others are already sold out. Games Workshop were pretty inconsistent as to who they sent loads to and so on. But you can probably still find it for about 120 Um so if you are interested, then just to have a quick look around online or at your local shop. Um, I actually got mine from a local shop and uh, they had plenty of stock. So you might have more chance going into a store in person and getting one. doesn't have to be a Games Workshop store, uh, though. Um, so, yeah. 
uh, built Leviathan. It's it, it's a pretty nice box in terms of the amount of stuff you Double. get. You get seventy two oh. models. You get a full rule book. You get uh, a couple of other bits and bobs with it as well. Um, so the, there's a lot of a lot of stuff in the box for a new player. And like Sean said, there's there's not really a better time to get in with it being a new edition. Um, you don't need as many other books as previous editions either, because uh, they've changed it so you don't need codexes anymore, at least to begin with. So you just need the contents of the box to start playing some games. Fantastic. And do I need to have played the other 13,999 in order to enjoy this? No, uh, definitely not. Right, okay. Cool. I'm sorry, I had to make that joke. You understand? Of course. I'd be yeah. disappointed if you didn't, Ross. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. There was our weekly mention of Warhammer. We had to get it in somewhere. Uh, Kat, your recommendation this week? Um, back off um, off the back of uh, my recommendation last week of Queer Eye, uh, there's another series on Netflix called Kuro Goes to Japan, and I sobbed all the way through it because it was really sad. Yeah. Uh, but it is very interesting if you're interested in Japan because it talks about the culture and the cultural differences um, in fashion, in society, in the way that people look, the way that people dress, the way that people eat, the way that they like their houses. Um, so if just not for that content, um, the content of whole-hearted warmness, Honestly, sobbed at my lunch break the other day. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. So that's where I go to Japan on Netflix. Give it. One. Okay, I'm on it. Uh, Josh. Yeah, I'm really struggling with a with a recommendation tonight. I had something from uh, a Greek place. I can't. I don't even know the name of it. So that's why I'm like not tempted to not say it. Uh, but it was essentially like turkey and gouda cheese in like a spring roll type pastry uh deep fried and it's kind of like having like a deep fried sandwich um and it was sick i wish i knew the name of it um if you know it uh i don't know we don't have comments really but just let people know what that meal is because i really enjoyed it (laughs) okay (laughs) that's a solid recommendation (laughs) I had a thing and I really liked it, but let me know what it was called, please, because I can't remember. And finally, Tom, what's your recommendation? Um, it is uh, summer's really hot. It's too hot to wear over here ed- over ear headphones. Mm-hmm. Get some wireless in ears. Uh, I got I got a, a Google Pixel Seven A, and they were doing a promotion where you can get the Pixel Buds with it. Mm-hmm free they arrived last week and uh i I, i'm not using over as anymore it's too hot (laughs) and they're they're solid yeah the google buds are really good can second that one and confirm they are great phone's good too there you go oh man i love it i love my google pixel it's the best yeah the 7a came out i think last month and i was due an upgrade nice well done for picking it up i'm proud (laughs) you did more people need to get on the Google train because that's solid. Genuinely really good. Um, it didn't have a headphone jack. My last phone did. So that was a big issue. Mm. Um, but yeah, the buds came like four weeks later. One of the few things Google haven't given up on is their phones. They're very good. So keep an eye out for them. Uh, my recommendation is three words. Lotus, Biscoff, McFlurry. That's it, really. 
I had one the other day. It was amazing. I had one today. It was even better. Lotus Biscoff McFlurry. Can't go wrong. Absolutely perfect. 10 out of 10. No notes. They are sold out of those everywhere in Stoke. Ah, I'm sorry for your loss. Get yourself some, places. Just get yourself some Biscoff uh, sauce. Just get some I Biscoff did. and some ice cream. <laughs> You'll be fine. I did. I, I got I got some vanilla ice cream. I chucked in some Biscoff biscuits. Got some Biscoff spread that are warmed with the microwave. Yep. I feel like I had Ooh. a Biscoff McFlurry of all of my own. Never um, as good as McFlurry ice cream. That's like unfair, no, but no. solid. I am loving the Biscoff revolution that's happening right now in the world. It's just amazing. The Kit Kats are just as good as well. Rec- extra recommendation, get a Kit Kat chunky Biscoff to dip into your Biscoff McFlurry and just live the Biscoff dream, really. We are sponsored by Diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish we were sponsored by Kit Kat and Biscoff. We really should be the moment we talk about them. But that is, uh, yeah, there we go. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS. If you want to follow us individually, all of our handles are in the description below, except for Mars. And now Tom, who is smart and not on Twitter. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us again. If you want to, oh my God, I've messed it up. What's next? Oh, if you really like what we do, you want to follow our Patreon for $1 a month. You can find, you can keep this podcast live on its various podcast testing services and keep the website nice and shiny. This is what happens when I don't do it for three weeks. Oh my God. Absolute disaster. Um, but that's it. Thank you all very much for listening. It is goodbye from Jonathan Brown. Goodbye. It is goodbye from AEW Sean Forever. Positive oboe. Positive oboe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, smooth jazz. It is goodbye from Aliens Miles Dark Descent. Oh, well. It is goodbye from Cutting Rumble. Goodbye. It is goodbye from Jay Defiant. It's called Bukaki. God, that is a horrible name. <laughs> but it's like a deep fried turkey sandwich. Wow. I could have gone my entire life without knowing that. Good Lord. B-O-U-R-E-K-A-K-I. Okay. Not the other book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, right, Google don't Google it. Don't Google it. Did you mean this? <laughs> Thanks, Google. <laughs> That's a different type of gouda. Oh, my. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, we nearly got to the very end. That's something I had to cut. There we are. And it's goodbye from Tom Woods. Goodbye. <laughs> we'll see you next time on the Fingers Podcast. My name is Roscoe. Enjoy your week. And we'll see you at the very end of it. Bye! <laughs>